0: This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Welcome to Entrepreneur Series Season Two. The theme of this season is let's get down to the root. This series provides basic knowledge business owners or aspiring business owners need to know to be able to run a successful business. This season will touch on topics or related issues almost every entrepreneur faces on a personal level and professional level. Expect guests that are expertise on their individual field coming to this show to share some of their wisdom in regard to the topic. If you are interested in advertising your product or services, email us at venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Without further ado, here's your host, Connie. Hello everyone,
1: welcome to Ventime with Connie podcast. I'm your host Connie. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneur Series. And I hope you guys are enjoying this series so far and uh, make sure you check out other episodes because we do have really good and interesting um topics for you to check out. And guys, if you are new on this podcast, thank you so much. Welcome back for the old listeners. Welcome and for your new listeners, please, I do have a lot of episodes for you to check out. And they are all interesting. Please go check it out on your free time. And I hope you keep coming back for more episodes. Oh, geez, you know how we do it. Thank you so much for your continuous support. I really do appreciate you. So, guys, a couple of announcements. We do have a website. Check out our website. The website name is ventimewithconniepodcast.com And please check out our merch product because we do have merch product for you to purchase. And um, please do. And also for the ladies, uh, for the women of faith, we do have a Bible study um, via Zoom. And um, we just discussed um, the Bible. We read a chapter or sometimes we do topical study. This year we are doing topical study. So please come join us. It happens only on Mondays, bi-weeklies, Mondays at... 6 30 p.m. Central Time. Please join us if you're interested. Send email connie at yahoo.com so we can bring you in. We're just gonna send you a link to join Visum. Okay, come join us so we can learn the Word of God. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without wasting time, let's get head ahead, let's go ahead to the topic of today. Our topic, as you can tell by the title, is called Note Investing, but our guest today is someone that is knowledgeable about this topic. Our guest today is a real estate professional of over 20 years. Um, He has developed over $750 million in real estate and is known for honesty, integrity, professionalism, passion, and tenacity in all his dealings. Since entering the real estate in business, he has strived to be an industry leader with whom his partners and colleagues can put their trust and faith in. He has been the leader of multiple teams that have won numerous industry awards in excellence and innovation. As the son of a lifelong educator, he now shares his knowledge of first position performing and non-performing notes to his peers he has an I- intimate understanding of his niche industry from his um, his niche industry from his continued efforts for self-employment he received his bachelor's degree in civil engineering from Wor- Worcester Polytechnic Institute and is completing a master's in real estate finance at Georgetown University through his education and experience, he has been able to build his note investing portfolio to over 250 plus deals valued at over $12 million, along with investing in first position performing and non-performing mortgage notes. He enjoys his full-time job as a director of construction for a Washington dc-based development firm who is an industry leader in sustainable design and construction in his free time he enjoys spending time with his family and is an avid boston sports fan having spent much of his life living in massachusetts he hosts the podcast called good deeds not investing and is a top-ranked contributor on the site bigger pocket Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm welcome to our guest today. Um, it is Chris Seveny. Hello, Chris. How are you?
2: Good. How are you, Connie? Thanks for having me here today.
1: No, thanks for coming. Um, oh my God, just reading your bio, you do have a whole lot of experience and how you've been pulling those deals on real estate. <laughs> good job. Good job. So um, what 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 was the the main reason why you are um into real estate and all of that?
2: So first, I you know started when I graduated college. I worked in real estate, and where I still work today. So I've always you know been involved in real estate now for almost 25 years, and uh, I just love real estate. I love building things. Um, you know, as a kid, I've always liked to build things uh, from that perspective, and you know, it's just a passion that I've always had. And then almost a decade ago, I realized working for other companies that you know on these deals you make people a lot of money. It's, you know, one of my bosses at the time said, you know, he had his own personal portfolio and he recommended, Hey, I start, you know, getting into real estate personally and start investing in some real estate to diversify a portfolio. And, you know, I kind of did. And, you know, over that time, I've been able to, you know, build myself a nice little portfolio, which started as rentals and now has uh, moved over more towards uh, the note investing niche, which most people probably never even heard about because I hadn't heard about it in 20 years in real estate and only heard about it about five years ago.
1: Yes, definitely. I'm one of those people because mm-hmm. I didn't hear about it until you. I got an email. Um, mm-hmm. and when I read your bio, I was like, note investing. That sounds really interesting. So this is a good transition to the topic of today, which is note investing. Um, for those that don't know what this is, what is note investing?
2: So note investing is, you know, what it boils down to is you're the lender. Um, you know, on a real estate deal. So think of if you're going to get a mortgage from. Wells Fargo, PNC, or a bank, or your local credit union, you know, they're typically the lender which has a note um, with a mortgage, which is the loan. And what people don't realize is those get bundled up and sold so many times, and eventually they sometimes make it down to Main Street investors, which Main Street investors are smaller investors like myself, which we have the ability to acquire these loans um, that get, and you, know, you typically can buy them at significant discounts. From what the original interest is. So when people think, you know, hey, I have a 4% interest on my loan, you know, we're not buying them to make 4%. We're buying them, you know, at a much, a discount from what's owed to uh, make some profit on it or make a return.
1: Hmm. Okay. So I hear you Mm -hmm. saying buying them. So that means um, Mm -hmm. someone will be selling it, which is mostly the banks. So, but um, Mm -hmm. this is so. I don't know, even when I heard about note invest, I was like, <laughs> why on earth would a bank sell their notes, like their loan? Yeah, you
2: know? okay, so that's a wonderful question. And there's, I could talk hours about this topic, um, okay. but put it this way, um, people don't realize a bank uh, lends money based on how much money they, they have in deposits. Mm. Um, and if you did the math, a bank can lend up to 90 times what it has in deposits, essentially. So if somebody has a million dollars in the bank, a bank can lend $90 million mm. um, in mortgage loans, essentially. Uh, but if a loan goes delinquent, meaning somebody's missing payments, they have to take that money and put it back in reserves. So it affects their lending capacity, mm. but you know, and that's a high level math thing, but the reality of it is, banks aren't meant to deal with distressed debt. You know, banks are meant to lend money and just collect the payments or have somebody collect the payments. When somebody st- stops paying, it hurts the bank's financial sheet, and it's actually better off for them to try and get rid of it and sell it. Which kind of begs the question: Why would somebody buy a mortgage that somebody's not paying on? Um, which is where I come in, um, and I can, you know, kind of answer that question, you know, and before we roll into more topics, but that's pretty much the next question everyone asks: Is great a bank sells it, but why would anyone buy it? Mm-hmm. Um, and because, as an investor we've got a lot more flexibility in regards to how we can work with the borrower. I mean, our whole goal is to work with a borrower um, to try and keep them in the property. Um, and with banks, they have to follow a lot more restrictions because the money is coming from depositors. Whereas as an investor, the money's coming from, you know, our personal or we've raised money for it. It's, it's just different. So we've got a lot more flexibility to um, work with borrowers and be able to create um, a win-win solution for them. Uh, it's kind of like why people fix a or people buy a house that needs renovation. You know, you're buying it knowing you're going to try and fix it up. It's the same thing with and you buy it at a discount. It's the same thing technically with a mortgage. And I just want to be clear: we're actually not buying the house because that's mm-hmm. the one thing people think is, "Oh, you're buying a house." No, I'm not. I'm actually buying the loan that you have with the bank. So instead of paying PNC, you're now paying me, um, and that that's the one thing that people like. I have to drill through their head is yeah. it, just remember that we're not buying the house. You still own the house. Um, you know, you're just sending the payments to me um, instead of PNC.
1: Wow. OK, I'm glad you said <laughs> that because uh, it kind of reminds me of um, for anybody that own a home have this experience where the first year of your or maybe you just recently bought a home, the next thing you hear is that your loan is being transferred Bingo. go. That's it. So is that a note investing people that are buying the loan? Now we have a new Uh, people we are paying the payment to. Is that what it is?
2: Uh, Yes. So their loan has been sold. Now they get sold to an investor or typically sometimes, um, you know, they make it bundled and the government might have, you know, fell under their wing, but it gets sold and transferred a lot more than people think. And like you said, you'll get a letter saying, hey, now send your payments here. Yeah. Um, Typically that's because it's been sold. Um, mm-hmm. Now typically those loans for people who have been paying um, those usually don't get sold um, to uh, to regular investors. Uh, most of the loans I'd say 90% of the loans that I see um, are typically ones where the borrowers do not have a clean payment history meaning they're not always paying
1: on time Oh, okay okay so that's the ones that the note investors text up those ones that didn't pay their pay have a yep. follow-up in their payment basically mm-hmm. oh okay okay because I thought it's always I was like I know I, I know I pay my my mortgage but okay yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. okay so I'm still talking about the bank which what which banks actually sells notes to investors mm-hmm
2: most of them, what they'll do is um, most of so all banks sell notes, mm. but most of them sell them first to um, large institutional hedge funds. Okay. So you'll hear a company called like BlackRock. If people Google BlackRock, they're like a $30 billion investment fund. And what happens is these banks will package them in billions and billions of dollars and sell them to investors and then that investor will be like, okay, I want to keep the top 80%. I'll sell the bottom 80% 20%. Um, and it kind of just works their way down. And typically the ones, for example, we see, I'm not gonna see a um, you know, a beautiful 5,000 square foot four-bed, three-bedroom house in Houston, which I think is, you know, down in your area, or I'm mm-hmm. in Washington, DC. I'm not gonna see a beautiful house in my area because those banks will keep those. The ones we typically see are in areas of the Midwest and some of, you know, other states where typically the average house price is probably under 250, 300,000. Because the reason why is it costs the same amount of money to manage a half a million dollar loan as it does a $5,000 loan. So it's the same amount of effort somebody with a half a million dollar mortgage is going to be paying a lot more money per month than somebody who may have a $50,000 mortgage. So they just look at the numbers and be like, okay, we have this much capacity. So we'll take all the big ones and kind of pick apart the ones they don't want or certain states they may not want to be involved in. So that's kind of you know, they keep just getting sold downhill. And finally, I'm kind of like, you know, at the bottom of the ladder looking up saying, OK, what can you send me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that is so interesting. And um, I, I know earlier on, you mentioned that you didn't know about this note investing until I like probably mm-hmm. 20 years ago, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I would, now, is, um, I'm more interesting to know th- interested to know that, to know how you even got into this business. And is anyone, did anyone introduce mm-hmm. it to you?
2: Yeah, so I was introduced um, on so that website called Bigger Pockets, which for anyone who's interested in real estate investing, it's a great website that any type of real estate investing. Um, you know, I've got I'll be honest, no affiliation with it. I'm just a member, so I'm not you know promoting it for any purpose. I'm, I'm a member of it, but it's got a lot of great content on you name it in real estate. It's kind yes, of yes, like- it does. Mm-hmm. Yep, so you're familiar. Um, so I learned it from there because, uh, like I mentioned. Um, my wife and I were trying to, you know, have some personal investments, and we had some uh, rentals in the area. We're in Washington D.C. area, but it's so competitive here, and you can't, um, you know, if you can't make a move like that day on asset on a property, you're not going to get it. And you know, we've got kids, so we've got soccer, karate, taekwondo, mm-hmm. swimming, you you name it, we've got it. So it's like there's no time to go look at stuff. And then I learned about note investing on Bigger Pockets, and the crazy thing about it is. It can be if you have a computer and internet, you can do it from anywhere in the world. Wow, anywhere in the world at any in any time during the day. So that's what's awesome about it.
1: Oh wow, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you even make money off of a loan that someone does not pay on?
2: That's a great question because that's what everyone asks. Um, let me give you an example. Um, let's say somebody owes fifty thousand dollars on a loan and they haven't paid in a year. Now, most people are like, wait a second, someone hasn't paid in a year and they're still in their house? You know, you know, you miss a payment. Usually your lender's calling you like 500 times a day. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've had loans, people haven't paid five, six years that I bought, um, where again, they've gone that long without paying. Um, but if they wanna stay in the house and they're willing to kind of, what else that use the term, play ball with you, um, let's take that $50,000 loan we may be able to buy that for, say, half the price, say $25,000. Hmm. And, you know, say their payment is $600 a month, um, rough numbers. We'd reach out to them and say, hey, look, you're really far behind. Um, you know, if you can put 1000 or $2,000 down and start making your payments again, we may, we may even reduce the payment. You know, we'll look at like what's rent in the area. You know, if rent is $800 and your mortgage is six, well, you're better off having a 600 dollars mortgage and paying rent for 800 um That's you know true. but if rent was only 500 maybe we'll drop it down to 400 or 450 to you know give them incentive as well mm-hmm. and again it's all about this win win um, and then basically be like hey look well, you know because what banks will do is oh you're a year behind we need all 12 of those payments at once so you owe 600 we need that $7000 today mm-hmm. for me i'll be like no oh, can you give 1000 1500 2000 you know put that and then we'll do what's called like a forbearance plan which is kind of like um you know a payment plan on training wheels you know yes. it's, if you can make three payments in a row then that's showing a concerted effort then we'll take all those payments you missed and maybe we'll roll them to the back of the loan or have them do later date so it's basically trying to give people a fresh start and by doing so it provides us um you know basically a decent return but it's also again the social good it does by trying to keep people in their house, not having a foreclosure, not having a boarded-up home in the neighborhood, not dropping home values because it had to sell by foreclosure. Um, unfortunately, yes, there's occasions where we do have to foreclose. Um, it's not something that it's you no, know, it's not our main exit strategy in any way, shape, or form. But um, you know, our goal is to try and get these people on some type of payment plan, and then it turns into a win-win. Win. And then after a period of time, if they've been paying for a while we can turn around and sell that off to another investor if we want. So, oh, okay. or keep it.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause when you talk talking about mm-hmm. that, I was like, why I'm sure you guys will experience some um, challenges. So. Oh yeah. I don't know if you want to take time to talk about some of the challenges that um, you do see in this space, you know, that you do experience in this space.
2: Yeah. So the biggest challenge is, so when you think about it, you're the lender and I don't know if you have a mortgage on your house right now, but besides when you bought the house, um, you know, when your loan gets sold, you know, does that new lender, have they ever seen the inside of your house? Mm-mm. No. So Mm-mm. we can send somebody by to see what the outside looks like. We have no clue what the inside looks like. So you also have to, you know, our the way we value these assets does take into account the property value. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try and guesstimate what the value is. And that's the biggest challenge because typically when somebody's not paying their mortgage, you know, they're not putting in new kitchens and countertops and everything like that. The house is usually in some pretty interesting shape. Um, for example, I just had a property and this one challenges that the borrower didn't want the house so they signed it back to us. Um, it had, or it requires about nine dumpster loads of material removed from the house
1: wow
2: when you think of how much trash that is i mean you'd walk into a room you couldn't even walk into a room um i had another house that had four feet of water in the basement um and the house was filled with mold so you know that's some of the challenges some of the other challenges are um you know depending on the state some states are much more difficult you know in today's environment with covid everything is basically shut down so um, you know, that makes it more challenging um, for many aspects um, to try and get people to, you know, work on some types of new agreements because people know, you know, they can't get thrown out of a property. Um, and let's be honest, there some people take advantage of it. And then there's other people who truly need that time. And, you know, so it's, you got to work with those people and try and understand who are the ones that really need to help and who are the ones that are trying to game the system. Now, it's probably unfortunately, only a very small percentage try and game the system. But a lot of times they're the ones that, you know, people squawk about the month the most. um, But really, you know, there's most of the people kind of need some of that type of help. Well, those are some of the challenges. Um, And then, you know, again, because you never see the inside of this property. I've never, I think there's only one property that I had the note on that I've actually gone and driven by. Um, So out of, you know, 250 plus. So, you know, and then, you know, everything you do is you have a team. Um, so your team is important that you have to manage them. I'm like, I don't collect the payments myself. There's a licensed company you have to hire to collect the payments. Um, we have to use licensed attorneys. So, you know, putting that team together and figure out who's good is another, you know, challenge for anyone in business. Trying to find good people to work with is uh, another one of those challenges.
1: Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys, so basically you guys don't have to deal with the whole um, landlord and um um, you know, how you meeting the yeah. people that live there, having yep. to, um, fix some stuff and all of that.
2: Well, that's the, you know, one of the phrases people say in the note industry, you don't deal with tenants, toilets, or termites because, wow. you know, we, you know, we're not collecting, you know, we don't have to deal with the, the borrower in the sense of, you know, if something breaks on the house, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you have a mortgage. If your toilet clogs, do you call your mortgage company? Yes. Nope. Mm-hmm. If your lights don't work, do you call your mortgage company? nope so it's like (laughs) yeah you got it's up to you to fix it so that's Mm -hmm. kind of one of the nice things about you know being in the mortgage space and some people also joke if you drive to any major city and you look at the tallest building who owns it the bank you know and it's because banks you know control pretty much Mm -hmm. everything and that's kind of what you're doing here is you're somewhat in control in some fashion i guess um
1: oh wow so do you guys work with um like some um real estate um people like those that does real estate for commercial purposes how they buy homes and then Mm -hmm. rent someone out do you you have notes with them no typically most of i mean i have
2: some loans that are commercial in the sense of people have gotten loans where they use it as a rental property Um, yes you know and that can be good and bad um because Mm -hmm. it's risky because if the they're renting it and the person's not paying the rent, then are they going to be paying the mortgage? Um, that's true. You know, so that's it's that's kind of risky. It's it's risky where typically people and we typically deal with more owner occupied, um, because most people have pride of home ownership in that mm-hmm. property. And a lot of people, you know, nobody likes to move. I, yes. I well put it this way, I've never met anyone who likes packing and moving. I don't know if you have, but I, I never that. have
1: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely hate that I don't like moving. But uh, yeah, um, that's good stuff. So I want to know, how do you even find access to acquire? So
2: um, typically, it's a lot about relationships. Um, so kind of it's like anything in business, you start buying like one at a time um, to try and like test the waters. And there's probably like 15 to 20 websites out there um, that you can join where people kind of I don't want to use the term like eBay, but it's almost like the Amazon for notes, where people can post their assets for sale, and then you can bid on them to buy them um, from them in you know one or two at a time. And then uh, as you grow, you'll find out who some of these larger funds are um, mm-hmm. that buy in like hundreds or five hundred or a thousand at a time, and you build relationships with them. And what you end up doing is you know basically you know they may have a thousand of them, so it's like hey you know you're looking to sell five or 10 of them or whatnot. And most of the time they are, they're always looking to move stuff. So, um, so that's kind of, you know, how I found them.
1: Mm, okay. That's good. That's good. Um, I like. I've always had. I've had someone, a real estate, um, investor, to tell me that, and um, those that do rent a property, they always talks mm-hmm. about um, your network. You know, even when you're trying to find a property manager, you also need to build connection. You need to build a relationship, and um, mm-hmm. that will help you on finding the right one. So I guess it, it goes with without saying, it's you know, very with, similar. It, very similar. Yeah. So that's good. So what type of um, background do you need to even start this note investing? Do you need any special background?
2: No, I mean, I just, you know, I've got kind of, a, you know, an engineering and finance background, which is probably, um, you know, probably that background has been probably giving me a little more of a head start than others. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, some of my peers, you um, You know, a lot of people, as they start to get out of, you know, look towards as they get older in life from a nine to five job. You know, I've got people who are, um, there's people who are teachers, people who are truck drivers, people who were police officers, people who were writers, um, people who work for the government. Um, You basically name it. And it's, it's I'd say the same thing as somebody who's like a landlord. Um, You know, somebody who likes real estate really and has a passion for it is, you know, this. I mean, it's nice to understand some finance and understand numbers and how to calculate your returns, because it's important to know what to buy stuff mm-hmm. for. Um, you know, and people who have had some management experience, I think is good as well. But no, I mean, it's, you know, it takes time because it's not something you can just open up a book and read. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as you just, you know, absorb a lot of things, it's kind of something it's one of those uh, things that you learn as you go and learn from experience.
1: Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. So what are, what are, what are your, some, some desired outcome or even exit strategies strategy, someone should look out for or plan for?
2: Yeah. So there's typically around like eight exit strategies that could possibly hmm. play out. So it's a lot. Wow. Um,
1: That's yeah. a lot. So,
2: yeah. I mean, the, the exit strategy, the most desired outcome of course, is working with the borrower to keep them in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically, honestly, it typically also provides probably the greatest return to the investor. Um, but again, you know, our podcast, good deeds, note investing is kind of, we try and work with people to do good, you know, work with them on those things. Um, but I mean, sometimes you may have to foreclose on a borrower. Sometimes they may owe more than they may owe more than what the property's worth. So you'll hear what's called a short sale. And mm-hmm. um, we can work with lenders in that. And for anyone who's listening has kind of ever gone through that process, some of the benefits of working with an investor is, if you ever hear the nightmares, banks take like six months to like approve a short sale. And you're working with an investor, I mean, someone can call me and I can make a decision, you know, in five minutes, I can get on the phone with our investment committee and be like, okay, boom, done.
1: Um, Wow. um, You
2: know, like I said, keeping them in through different programs, like a modification. Um, Fortunately, you know, there is sometimes a foreclosure Um, You know, sometimes you can sell the note. Um, Sometimes you can try and work with them to pay for a little while and then refinance with a more conventional bank um, as well, because the interest rates, honestly, are going to be typically better with a conventional bank than they are when they originally got the loan or with Mm -hmm. some of the rates that were originally there. So, you know, is a lot of, you know different i mean sometimes they may just sell the property um you know if they, they have equity in it and they truly can't afford it or maybe they want to downsize or move to a different area um you know work with them on you know maybe deferring some payments to allow them to sell the property if they're in a little bit of a crunch as well so
1: oh wow you know, each situation
2: is very unique
1: unique okay so um when you forecl- foreclosure on a borrower or, or, or a client does that affect your business
2: it doesn't affect mine. I mean, it affects them. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because, you know, for us, um, you know, basically it's unfortunately a foreclosure, really, is in most states, it's a lawsuit where you're taking the property from them. So it affects them because it goes on their credit. Um, yes. to find a new place to live. So, really, it's, you know, sometimes if it's going down that path and they can't afford it, um, and that's sometimes the hardest thing. There's certain people just sometimes may have overstretched. And unfortunately, they can't afford the property, even if they want to stay. And sometimes you have to have a conversation with them to try and explain to them. It's unfortunate that, you know, say you had a half a million dollar home and life happens and now your salary has been cut or you're only making, you know, call it 30, $40,000 a year and you can't afford that property. You know, basically it's, you, sometimes it's, you know, you try and con- have the servicer talk to them and be like, you know, better off not making any payments because eventually you may lose this property because based on the numbers you take in less than you know what the mortgage is and you know it's comes a point where you can work with a borrower but certain points you you can't i mean it's almost physically impossible to you know if somebody had a a million dollar mortgage just use an example and you know just says hey i'm not working anymore it's like okay you're basically got to sell that property. We'll work with you. Um, and that's the thing. Communication is key. But a lot of times what happens in one of the challenges you mentioned about earlier that we have too, is when people get in trouble, they tend to fold and they try to, they try and ignore the situation. I you know I've done it a lot, you know, throughout my career too. Sometimes when something's bothering you, it's like, that's the last thing you want to discuss. And that's what happens sometimes with these borrowers, but some, mm-hmm. unfortunately that sometimes digs them into a deeper hole.
1: Yes, yes. This is definitely a good segue to my next question, which is, what is the biggest mistakes you see people make?
2: Yep. So on the borrower side, I think it's that um, understand that you know when you you get in trouble on your mortgage, just remember the person on the other side of the phone is just like you. You know, yes. they put their socks on. This they put their socks before the shoes on every morning. They put you know, their, you know their you know their you know their you know put their shirt on the same way as you. I mean, they're human. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, talking with them, um, you know, might come to some resolution. Sometimes you might get extremely frustrated if they can't help you, um, but at least start a conversation with them. The worst they can say is no. But if you don't do anything, ignoring it doesn't make the problem go away. Sure. Um, and then on the investing side, um, some of the mistakes I see people make are um, basically, you know, basically not understanding. Um, the amount of work involved that it takes. People think people here, you know, and there's most real estate and one of the, you know, challenges with real estate is seems like everyone's a guru and comes out with this expensive training program. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen training programs in note investing up to seventy five thousand dollars, and I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, I can go get an MBA for that price, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, so that's I see people um, kind of following under that steps are spending tens of thousands to learn, but it's really not learning a lot. And also people make it sound like it's easy. Oh, it's passive income. There's not a lot of work. Well, let me tell you, I don't care what type of business you're in. If you're an entrepreneur, um, there's no such thing as passive, you know? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's one of the things that I try with my podcast is I share our story of the real life goings because people, We'll talk about oh it's easy it's this and so forth is I like, know oh, it isn't you know Mm-mm. it's not and you're gonna hit bumps in the road and you're gonna some days not want to have any energy to do anything and it's mm-hmm. like oh I gotta go do this um, so yeah yes
1: especially Remember, yeah. at the beginning stage it's always not I don't think it's passive at the beginning stage it always has to be active at the beginning oh. stage you know it, it's that
2: and it's not get rich quick get rich quick people are like oh you're gonna make you know I see one guy you can make 250 grand a year no you can't <laughs> you know, well, you can if you have about two million dollars to invest. But most That's people, true. you know, don't have that. Like, you know, check have yeah. about yeah, don't have. To. Most people are starting with like ten, twenty, fifty thousand, um, you know, dollars, which is still you know a lot of money. But you can't take fifty thousand. You know, I don't know anything except spending, going to the, uh, um, going to, um, you know, the roulette table and putting on red or black and guessing five times right you know, that you can take 50,000 and put it into 250. There's not many places that can happen. So
1: that's true. That is true. Oh my gosh. I'm learning a lot from you so far, but I'm um, just to end. Uh, what are some advice do you have for someone wanting to enter this space?
2: Uh, so kind of a few things I would mention to people is uh, network, you know, reach out to people, you know, and just say, you know, uh, in when you reach out, just be yourself. Hey, I'm looking to learn about this stuff. Where's some things I can go learn some information? Um, you know, it'd be great. You know, just to, you know, learn some things. Second is most of the information you can find is free. Um, you know, you, there's some courses maybe spend a hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks here and there. Most of the stuff that I've seen that's five, ten, fifteen thousand um, dollars is basically taking everything you can find for free and just putting it in a nice little package and bundle for you. And some people, it might be. Good to win that way, but for most part, people don't have that kind of disposable income. So there's other ways you can learn without spending that much money. Um, and uh, last, I'd say in any type of real estate, trust but verify. Uh, and I say that because you know I've you know talked to people and so forth, and you know looked into doing some deals with people, and then I'd kind of just you know Google their name and find out that they've got you know lawsuits against them for taking people's money. Um, You know, and just because somebody's, whether they're an educator or, you know, or somebody who's considered well known in the industry, doesn't necessarily mean that they do things all above board, uh, unfortunately. So just be careful. You know, we like to say, um, because sometimes a lot of people invest with others in this space. You know, if you're in real estate, if you have a tenant, what's the first, what's one of the things you do for a tenant who may be paying a thousand bucks a month? You do a background check, you credit check, all this stuff. And then yes. I know investors who, I know investors will give fifty thousand dollars to somebody, and they're like, I'm "Like, did you do any of this?" They're like, "No," and I'm like, "You'll go charge someone a thousand bucks a month, and you'll basically figure out what their cat's name is." Um, <laughs> but you know, you'll go gladly give someone fifty grand and not check. So,
1: yeah, be careful.
2: Yeah, fun. trust but verify. Yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad people out there.
1: Yes. And do your homework. Take your yeah. time. You don't like, um, don't do this whole get rich um, quick yeah. scheme or something. Take yeah. your time, especially if you want it to last for a long time. But um, yeah,
2: because the biggest thing with note investing is you're almost like a detective yeah. because you try and figure out why did they stop paying? What happened? What's going on with the property? You're trying to put all the pieces together of this puzzle. And by being a detective, you know that's what makes kind of a good note investor. The best way to start being a good note investor is being a detective on all the people you surround yourself with, because um, mm-hmm. that's free. You know, from that yes. perspective. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I don't know if I asked this. To, I don't think I did. But let me ask it. Um, when you mm-hmm. want to buy those loans from a bank, do you have to mm-hmm. pay down payment for you to buy it?
2: No. So we buy. So um. So you buy them. Uh, so take a quick second how the process works and it's a little bit crazy how it works uh, Mm -hmm. somewhat. Um, So they'll give you uh, select information about the loan, um, which will be kind of some information on the payments, uh, maybe the person's name in the address um, and some other information. And you do what's called an indicative bid, which is like a preliminary bid. So you don't spend any money when you're bidding on an asset. It's kind of like, almost like bidding on a house driving by it. Um, so let's say I bid on an asset for 25000 and they accept it. They'll then send me all the information about that loan. They'll send me all the conversations they've had with the person. They'll send me all the, the files. They'll send me the loan. They'll send me all everything that's been recorded. You know, you'll get a book, actually. Oh, well, we're not on video, but you know, a one-inch thick book. I have about 20 of them sitting right next to me of everything, like the loan application, all of that stuff. And you have to sign documents saying you can't show this to anybody, everything else, non-disclosures. Um, and then that's when you start spending money where you run a title report and you send somebody out to look at the property. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like doing when you buy a house, a home inspection. That's pretty much kind of the equivalent. And then when everything's said and done, you go to a contract. And if we're paying 25000 know, we wire them $25,000. There is no closing table that we have to all sit at. It's all done kind of over the phone. um, Or, you know, basically, I think of everyone I bought notes from, I think I've only actually physically seen one person. So everyone I've ever bought from, which has probably been about 15 different companies. If we're all sitting together at the airport, I would not know who the person sitting next to me was, or if I ever bought from them. Um, So. It's a little yeah. crazy in that sense. But I mean, usually you use like an escrow company, which you know puts the money in a quick escrow and then they transfer the documents over into your entity um, and then kind of um, they get their money and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, there's no kind of down payment or anything like that. It's all kind of, it's really old school. It's like handshake deals. Um, mm-hmm. the, and that's why relationships key because if you say you're gonna buy something and then just kind of ghost a person and ignore them and don't respond ever, Um, then it's a small i mean most people again haven't heard of note investing so it's a very small industry you can get blacklisted pretty quickly
1: wow okay so that's why you say you have to be careful oh okay that makes sense Mm -hmm. well we have come to the end of this Um, i'm thank you so much um for stopping by and i'm sure that all this wisdom that you have um um this chat on this episode will be a blessing to those that are listening. Um before I let you go where can my listeners find you and do you have any upcoming project that you want to tell us about?
2: Yep. So again, I've got my podcast called The Good Deeds Note Investing Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh people can look me up. Uh, my website is 7einvestments.com, but it's actually the number 7, mm-hmm. the letter e The word investments.com. So, those are kind of the two places where uh, people can reach out to me. I've got a contact form on my website. I've got a free, kind of quick ebook on there as well um, that people can read. But, um, you know, I also have a Facebook group called Notes and Bolts from the Good Deeds Note Investing Podcast that a lot of people kind of join just to see what's going on. We provide a lot of free educational content for people out there um, because, you know, people are interested in this business. We want to try and you know, tell them the real deal, of what it's about and share our experiences and kind of give them some information to get them going.
1: Okay. All right, guys, you know how we do it. I will have his um, podcast name on the description of this episode, and also his website link. So you can go check him out. And please do go check him out. And um, thank you so much, Chris, once again, um, uh, for stopping by and I hope you enjoyed um, recording with me.
2: No, absolutely. Connie, thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. And, mm-hmm. uh, if you ever have questions as well about this interesting niche business, feel free to reach out and happy to, uh, you know, again, share my experiences.
1: Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Please make sure you come back again for n- another episode. And we release new episode on Tuesdays at 3 PM central time. Remember, God loves you. I love you. And this is your host, Connie, signing out. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to Vent Time with Connie at Yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.